Do you believe? podcast with me your host Kate Constable. Big news coming out of the NBA this morning. Woke up, rolled over, grabbed my phone and I had some woge bombs, some Shams alerts uh, with the news that Ime Odoku, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, is in a little bit of trouble. Apparently he had an improper intimate but consensual relationship with a female staff member and is likely to be suspended for what could be up to a full year. So my first thought, selfishly, my first thought was, well, I just posted a TikTok video yesterday talking about win totals, and one of the uh, totals I talked about was the Celtics taking their under, and I thought, hmm, that might have been a great pick. I wonder if their team total, win total, has dropped since this news came out. It hasn't. We'll talk about that again in a little bit. I also thought the Celtics team went to the finals last year. They have the highest win total of any team in the league for a reason because, you know, they have most of their players back. They got Malcolm Brogdon this year. They're supposed to be uh, the team to come out of the East and make another run for a title. How is that going to this news and Adoku being possibly suspended? How is that going to affect this team and their potential and their ceiling for this season? But I also think that there's some stuff in this story that hasn't come out that we don't know. And... The truth always comes out. If it smells like fish, it's fish, a saying my dad used to say, where which pretty much means, you know, if there's rumors, if there's stuff that's speculating, it's likely to be true. And I think we don't know this entire story here yet because a suspension for one year, one full year, for violating a code of conduct rule for the team seems a little extreme to me. Now, his actions, what he did, not cool. He's engaged. He he has a fiance. Uh, he has an 11 year old son with her. So he's in a relationship, and uh, so he's cheating on his fiance. Not cool at all. I do not condone that by any means. If you've ever been cheated on, not fun at all. So that's not okay by any means. But I almost feel like that should be between he and his fiance, or he and his family members, and not the entire NBA to say you did something immoral, so we're going to suspend you for an entire season. And there are varying degrees of doing things immoral that would result in or warrant a year-long suspension. But the relationship was consensual, which is a good thing to hear. But where the suspension comes in is that he violated the Celtics' code of conduct. And if you violate a rule, you deserve to be punished. I just don't think the degree of punishment necessarily fits this crime. So I feel like there's definitely something that we're missing here that hasn't come out. And I'm just waiting, kind of scrolling on TikTok, watching for it to come out. Because there's also been uh, reports, and again, this is all on social media, so who knows the validity of all of this, is that he could be considered even resigning. If you're going to resign over something like this, there's got to be more to it, right? You just took a team to the NBA Finals last year. In your first year as a head coach, you finished fourth in coach of the year category last year. Like, there's a lot going for the Boston Celtics right now with Udoku as their coach. But he's thinking about possibly resigning. And again, that's information I found on Twitter um, from verified sources, the blue check mark. Who knows, you know, what that blue check mark actually means? Are you really that verified? Um, 
So not jumping to conclusions yet and thinking he's gone for good, but it just all seems a little fishy to me. What also seems a little strange to me is that the line for their win total hasn't moved at all. You got to believe that if an organization is having issues like this with within the organization, I mean, this is a big deal. They're front and center in the media right now. It's going to be talked about for weeks leading up to the season. Uh, and the season's I mean, really right around the corner. So this is the main storyline going into the season that everyone's going to be talking about. That's got to affect your team in some capacity. You also have a new coach coming in because it's looking like Udoku is not going to be on the bench for at least the start of the year. Who knows how long? But so you have a, a assistant coach stepping in in an interim role. Well, you know, is he as good of a coach as Emi Udoku? Probably not because he's an assistant for a reason and Udoku is the head coach. So that's got to affect a little bit of how your team is playing. I'm just surprised that this line hasn't moved down at all or hasn't been at least taken off the board. And now that I say that... I just refreshed my page, and it is indeed taken off the board at a few different places. BetUS had it at 55 and a half. They just took it off the board there. It's still up at 54 and a half on DraftKings. It's also still up at 54 and a half on FanDuel. And the Celtics are still the favorite to win the championship this year, NBA Finals. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't something that necessarily affects the team that much where their odds would shift drastically for uh, wins this season or being a title favorite. But I would have thought that at least it might have come off the board for a little bit until they waited to figure out what exactly was going on. So interesting there. I would still play the under. That was my pick prior to all this news, and I'm going to stick with it. We'll jump into win totals for a couple teams uh, in just a second, but want to just finish up talking about what's next for the Boston Celtics with this, who all steps in, who might be a uh, potential candidate for stepping in to fill that interim head coaching role. So Will Hardy was the Boston Celtics uh, associate head coach or head assist lead assistant under Udoku last season, and he would have been the clear the clear guy to step in and take over for Udoku. But Hardy just became the head coach of the Utah Jazz, so he is gone. Ben Sullivan is another assistant coach. He was Boston's head coach in the Las Vegas Summer League in July. He's also assistant with the Bucks when they won the title in 2021, so has some championship coaching experience there. Damon Stoudemire, he was another front bench assistant. Sullivan was also a front bench assistant. Uh, not a whole lot of talks on, on if he's going to be promoted or not. That name hasn't really been thrown around a lot. Joe Mazzula was the second row assistant coach last year. He's been promoted to front row with Will Hardy departing. He's 34 years old, but he's really been a rising name in the coaching ranks for a while. He's also the only assistant on Brad Stevens' staff that stayed when the turnover came and Adoku became the head coach. So Missoula is one of the names that seems to be based, again, off Twitter, whatever Woj and Shams are saying, seems to be the front runner for taking over for Doku. It's just surprising that a coach that isn't even a front bench assistant would be considered. But, he, I mean, he's been very well respected in the game for his game planning both sides of the ball. Apparently, he has a very steady demeanor that's similar to both how Brad Stevens ran the program and how Udoku did last year. And he was also, surprisingly, a finalist for the Jazz job. So if the Jazz are taking a look at him as a potential head coach, it seems like he might be okay to be the person coming in uh, to take over. So I'm sure there'll be a lot more information coming out about this whole situation in the next 24 hours, 24, 48 hours, whatever. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on all of that as we learn more.
Well, with the season right around the corner, we're going to start talking some win totals for all of these teams. And since we're talking about Boston, might as well start with them. I mentioned their win total is at 55 and a half, which is the highest of any team this season. And I mean, that's a lot. There's only two teams that surpassed that total last year. That was Phoenix Suns, which had an unbelievable season, finished with 62 wins. And the Memphis Grizzlies, they finished with 56. Everyone else was... I wouldn't say well below that, but but definitely didn't surpass that number. Celtics had 51 wins last year, a 51 and 31 overall record. They did get off to a slow start with the Doku because, you know, a first year head coach coming in, trying to get the team to play in a cohesive manner, adopt a new system, all of that jazz. So it's not surprising that they started off slow, but that was the reality of it. And now potentially they're going to have the exact same thing happen again this season. I also think the Celtics are a championship-worthy team. They went to the finals last year, won the East, but they're injury-prone. Grant Williams is already going to be sidelined to start the season. He's having a knee surgery just to clean up some stuff around his knee with that meniscus tear and the surgery he had after the season ended. So he's out to start the season. They traded for Danilo Gallinari this offseason, who would have been a great addition to this team, but... Gallinari tore his ACL while playing for Italy in the FIBA World Cup qualifier earlier this summer, and he's expected to miss the entire season. Al Horford is 36 years old and is coming off a high usage season, so it's fair to question what he might look like this year, especially late in the season. I'm not sure how much he really has left in his tank, although he did have a great season last year, but prior to this past season, he wasn't playing the minutes that he he did with the Celtics or having that same amount of usage. So after a season of high usage coming into a new year, being 36, I'm not I'm not just not quite sure what we're going to get out of Horford uh, throughout the entire year. And on top of all that, I think the East is arguably the tougher of the two conferences, which means you're playing more games against higher competition. I mean, you have Philly, you have the Raptors, the Nets, the Knicks. Those are the teams we're going to talk about today. Those are all in the Atlantic Division, and and um, I guess the Knicks probably aren't that tough. But, you know, then you have the Bucks, you have the Cavs that are good, you have the Heat. Uh, Atlanta Hawks are going to be good this year. So you're playing... Uh, tough competition night in and night out, which obviously makes it tougher to win more games. And then you put all of this together on top of the distraction that's going to be uh, Ime Odoku and all of the news and the media that comes with it. I think that there is no way you look over here knowing that only two teams surpassed this total last season. So I think the Celtics are going to be very good and they're going to be contender in the East. But with everything going on, I think there's no way that you look over. I think you have to look under 55 and a half. So that would be my play for this one. Also, media day for the Celtics is on Monday, which if you are a member of the Celtics organization, I would imagine you're losing your mind right now. I think it's kind of hilarious that this all comes out a weekend prior to uh, media day. But that's going to be an absolute field day in Boston on Monday. So... Sit back and, and wait for all the all the news and action to come out of Boston on Monday. All right, the Philadelphia 76ers, their win total is sitting at 50 and a half. I actually like the over here. Health, also a concern for the Sixers. Joel Embiid has had a hard time staying healthy. So taking into account how many games he'll be available is something you need to consider. Had a face injury last year, hand injury. I mean, he always seems banged up. But this kind of feels like it's a year for the Sixers because first full year having James Harden on their roster. Tyrese Maxey should take another step 
forward in, in his development, and he had a fantastic season last year. The addition of P.J. Tucker makes the Sixers' defense that much more improved, which they really did need to improve on defense. So this number feels pretty spot on, but I, I would definitely lean over here if I had to make a pick. It also, with James Harden taking a pay cut and restructuring his contract and, and taking a lesser amount tells me that he really wants to win now. Uh, he has yet to win a championship. He's getting older. So his window for a championship is rapidly closing. And I think they have the roster this year to definitely uh, contend. And if you look at their win total last year, they had 51. And that was without Harden on the roster, at least for the majority of the season. I don't love Doc Rivers as their head coach. I think he struggles with personnel and matchup and rotations. So that worries me a little bit. But I think all in all, Philly is going to be a pretty tough team, a scrappy team. And I think that they could hit over this 50 and a half. The Toronto Raptors, their win total is sitting at 45 and a half. Last year, they won 48 games, went 48 and 34. And I like the over here. I think the Raptors are a feisty team. I think they're a team that can surprise people. They got off to a slow start last season. Pascal Siakam returned from injury. They also got hit with COVID early in the season, had about a 500 record at the end of December. Yet they still finished the season with 48 wins. So that is a positive for me because if they can get off to a better start this year and avoid some of the early losses that they suffered, they're not going to be climbing out of such of a hole towards the end of the season. They also finished the season really great last year. So I expect them to carry that over to the start of this year. Scotty Barnes was a rookie last year. He's going to take a next step forward in his second season. That gives them a lot to be excited about. You also have Pascal Siakam, who kind of had a resurgence of a year last year. So I expect more similar stuff from him. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, obviously, is a fantastic player and uh, MVP. He was not MVP. He was an all-star player last year. You have Precious Achua, who I would expect to take another step forward. OG Ananobi. They're a young team full of athletes. A lot of these players are long, lanky, but they're quick. They're good at getting out in transition defensively. They're a great rim-protecting team. So I think there's a lot to be excited about uh, for the Toronto Raptors this season. Obviously, head coach Nick Nurse does a great job. So I would I, I would take the over 45.5 for Toronto. The Brooklyn Nets. This I don't even have to think much about this. This is an underplay for me. There's so many questions with Brooklyn that I'm not sure how anyone would would take an over. I mean, what excuse is Kyrie Irving going to come up with this season not to play? There will be something. Is there ever not any drama around Kyrie Irving? Ab- absolutely not. Kevin Durant, this whole offseason, he didn't even want to play for Brooklyn. He wanted to be traded. All of a sudden, now everything's all good and dandy. Uh, I don't buy it. Yeah, he'll be on the roster to start the season, but does he get traded midway through the year? Does he decide once they go on a little bit of a losing streak that he's going to hold out? demand to be traded again and not play until he is. And you have Ben Simmons. Is he going to be healthy? Do we know anything about his status? What his back is like? What his mental health is like? Is he going to be able to hit the floor? Are we going to see him at all? That's their big three. And we have questions about every each one of those players. So I don't know how you have questions surrounding the three best players on the team and think a team is going to go over their win total. These are all things that I don't want any of my money tied to. Joe Harris is going to be back next year. Apparently, he is feeling 100% and is ready to go. Seth Curry is another player who brings a ton to this team in terms of shooting, spreading the floor, opening things up for Kyrie, KD, uh, and Ben Simmons to hopefully go to work. 
So they have good pieces. This is going to be a good team, but I don't want to deal with all the drama that is likely going to come with them. Brooklyn finished 44 and 38 last year, and that was disappointing. They made the play-in tournament, barely got out of that before getting swept by the Celtics. So just a ton went wrong for Brooklyn last season, and I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of confidence that they're going to get to 52 wins this year. That's nearly 10 more than last season, and who knows the problems that are going to be going on. So I would play the under, if anything, for the Brooklyn Nets. The New York Knicks next up in the Atlantic Division. That's what we're going to go over today. We will expand to uh, other divisions next week. But the New York Knicks traded for Jalen Brunson this offseason. So that's a good sign for them. They missed out on Donovan Mitchell because they didn't want to give up R.J. Barrett. So he's back. Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Evan Fournier. That's your starting lineup. Solid, right? But what are we going to get out of Julius Randle this year? Two years ago, he had a breakout season. Got his big money and then just kind of uh, kicked his feet up and, and ran through the motions last year. Mitchell Robinson, I think, is a good player, but he's not someone who's going to drastically change the game for you. Derrick Rose, backup point guard now to Jalen Brunson. Derrick Rose is getting old. I'm not sure how much more he's got in him. I know Nick fans are feeling somewhat good coming into this season with Brunson, but is he really going to equate to more wins? I mean, this is the first season where Jalen Brunson's going to be considered a number one option. And he's a great player. He showed that late in the season for the Mavericks last year with Luka Doncic out. He can put up big numbers, but is it going to take him a little time to learn how to play as that number one option? How is that going to play out in his very first year? Especially with a new team, a new organization, learning a new uh, playbook. For me, there's just not a whole lot of optimism that this team is going to look drastically different this year because Jalen Brunson's all of a sudden on the team. They had 37 wins last year. Their win total, 39 and a half. I'm not sure I buy it. I think it's going to be another very painful year for Knicks fans. I think they're going to struggle to get into the playoffs. If anything, they're going to be a play-in team, but I think that's even going to be a little bit of a stretch because you have the Detroit Pistons who are getting better this year. They should look a little bit better. Cade Cunningham in his second season. You have the Orlando Magic who just drafted Paolo Banchero. Banchero? Banchero? We'll figure it out before the season. But they just drafted him as the number one overall pick. So you can imagine the Magic aren't going to be great, but they're going to be a little bit better. Cavs are looking good this year. Hawks are looking good. So you have a lot of talented teams in this Eastern Conference. And and I just think the Knicks getting to 40 wins this season over that 39 and a half number is going to be uh, challenging for them at the very least. All right, so let's recap my plays for the Atlantic Division on team win totals for the season. Boston Celtics, they've got a lot going on. It's not looking good in Boston. I'm going under 55 and a half. Philadelphia 76ers, land of brotherly love. 50 and a half is their win total. I would take the over there. Harden is going to be ready for a big year. Put himself in a position, his team in a position, I should say, uh, to compete for the conference title. Toronto Raptors, they're always a little sneaky. Got a lot of athleticism on that team. I like them over 45 and a half. Brooklyn Nets, who knows what we're going to get out of Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons. These are all things that I don't want any of my money tied to. Uh, so I would either not play this or play the under on Brooklyn at 51 and a half. And then the New York Knicks, they're excited about Jalen Brunson coming in, but is that really going to change the trajectory of this team in a drastic enough way where they're going to reach 40 wins this season and, and be a playoff team? I don't think so. So I would take under 39 and a half for the New York Knicks. 
All right, that's all we have for today. Next episode, we'll go over the Central Division and the Southeast Division, all in the Eastern Conference, wrap up win totals for them, and then move on to the Western Conference. A lot to get excited about. The season is just a short time away. Preseason games already start in early October. So right around the corner, and I can't wait. Thank you all for joining me and tuning in. Head over to Twitter. Give me a follow there. I am at Kate Constable. Same with on TikTok. Going to be starting posting some videos there with the season starting soon. So head over there. I am also at Kate Constable on TikTok. All right. That is all. We'll see you next time.